Oh, hey, girl. It's Tess Rouse and Christina Beattie. We're the co-hosts and creators of Authentically Wild. A podcast that may literally transform your understanding about life, relationships, and your healing journey. So get ready, girl. Shit's about to get wild. On today's episode, we dive deep with Tess for her first ever solo episode. She shares her journey of choosing herself in her life, brought on through the rock bottom of infidelity within her marriage. She opens up about the many experiences she's had along the way that have shaped who she is and how diving into these different pieces have been integral on her healing journey. We hope this episode will help you realize why healing through infidelity is so important, what betrayal truly feels like for those who have not experienced it, and how rock bottoms can be a womb for rebirth. Hey, (laughs) hey, hey! Oh, hello! Oh, I'm excited for this one. I'm nervous. (laughs) (laughs) I know I kind of feel like our roles have been reversed a little bit you know yeah I gotta bring all the emotion which won't be a problem on this one (laughs) Mm. but but so so good you know we were just talking about how it's almost like when we prep for these ones there's so much healing in that process because Mm -hmm. it brings up so much within us that I think just helps us process it even more on a deeper level yeah, I think teaching anything honestly does that, right? It lets you yeah. like really sink to a whole nother level of understanding. And yeah. yeah, that definitely happened with this. Yes. So, I mean, I think we should just dive right on in. Let's do know? it, girl. I'll walk the plank. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'll be easy on you, right? Um, so why don't we start with why now, more than ever in your life, it's important that you're sharing your story. Well, I think, you know, for the last year and a half being on this journey, I've just really come to this realization of how impactful your past trauma, wounding, whatever you want to call it, has on your future. Mm-hmm. Like I literally felt like I walked around my entire life just assuming that this was who I was, this is what my life was, and this was kind of as good as it gets. And although maybe internally I was feeling off or not fully fulfilled or fully happy, like that was it. And Mm -hmm. I should just kind of carry on with things. And, you know, through this rock bottom, which, you know, unequivocally shattered my perfect life that I was living, I just discovered like what was on the other side of that. And, you know, I'm just so fulfilled now and have this passion to, kind of like spread this information because I don't feel like it ever crossed my path and maybe it wasn't supposed to until now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like it's part of my purpose, whether that be through this podcast, through the social media platforms I have, I'm writing a book right now on choosing ourselves and like how you come home to that and really the weight that our baggage or our traumas from the past inflict on our future Cause it's just been this like groundbreaking discovery and really transformational period in my life. And I, I just truly want that for everybody else. Like I want them to have the opportunity to step into that. Mm, Yeah. I love that. You know, and it makes me think about this piece of sometimes we're not ready because we don't have the awareness to look Mm -hmm. at some of these pieces And that's where I think hearing a podcast episode like this or having a conversation with someone or reading about, you know, sometimes that, that helps us get ready for it. And so I think 
this can be so helpful for anyone that's listening. Um, and, and I challenge listeners, even if you're, even if you know something about Tessa's story and you're like, hmm, well, that's not what I've experienced. I challenge you to really listen deeply because I think that so much of what you've experienced, so many people can resonate with. And there've been so many elements in your life that we're going to cover and look at <laughs> too many, <laughs> <laughs> too many, but, but it's like, just, you know, I think this is just part of being human, this multifaceted experience. And that also why we probably have been doing this podcast is that we can see even just a piece of ourselves and other people, you know? Uh, so I think it's so valid that you're sharing this and I love it so much. Uh, thanks girl. So let's, let's kind of move to like, how did your healing journey start? Because I mean, really, it's crazy to think our connection, we haven't even known each other that long. Feels like a lifetime. <laughs> but I, I look at everything you've traversed through, through this, you know, last year and a half, two years. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's been so much. Yeah, it has been, you know, I, I think, and we've reflected on this in previous episodes. Like I thought I, I was on a healing path. I thought I did heal, you know, through my, especially my early twenties, I really felt like when I made the decision to sort of estrange from my biological mom and, and really like cut that toxic relationship out of my life, I thought I was healing. And I, I think I've really carried this misunderstanding for what healing was, which led to my belief that like I was healed. And again, reinforcing like, this is just how it is. And this is who I am. You know, I always envisioned like healing was the ability to move forward, the ability to traverse whatever came your way to stand strong, stand sturdy. The faster you got up, the more resilient you were and the stronger you were. And, you know, and even just reflecting on like kind of prepping what I wanted to talk about today, I realized like I've carried this sort of whether conscious or subconscious belief that I never wanted to be perceived as damaged or sort of like unworthy of something. I was never a mental health advocate. I always like, to be honest, it's a bit of a shadow side of me, I guess. When I viewed people like, you know, that couldn't navigate their emotional distress, I had a lot of judgment pick yourself up. Don't be lazy. Like don't wallow in your pity or be a victim. Like get off the floor. Things happen. I'd compare them to my own experience of like what I'd been through, but like, look at me, I'm living this great life. Mm. Right. And so I didn't fully understand that until I went through this rock bottom because all the rock bottoms that came before, like I've experienced a lot in my life, childhood abuse, diagnosis with a chronic disease, Crohn's disease, went under major multiple invasive surgeries, like from age 12, all the way through my 20s, you know, was divorced by 21 to a high school sweetheart, which is like a quite big transformative thing to go through that early in your life. Mm -hmm. And then estrangement from a parent, like there was a lot going on there, death of a best friend. And none of those things, like I fully allowed myself to immerse myself within. Like there were maybe a few nights of tears, but I'd really quickly navigate the grief, the emotions, come up with a plan for how to get out of that and get back. Even, you know, after my first marriage, I jumped very quickly into a relationship and then met Tori and like things were very fast. Like I wanted to get my life back to feeling like undamaged. Yeah. And so, you know, it wasn't until 
this rock bottom of infidelity where I was actually taken out by the knees. Like it felt like I was like beat to the floor that I finally understood. Like I actually have not healed. It was sort of like everything I had suppressed in my life that far. It was, it was sort of surmounting to this volcano that was just waiting to erupt. And that was sort of the last piece. And then everything came to the surface. And then I began this journey and really like, that's when my healing journey started is like the day I found out about this affair. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple things came up when you were talking there. Number one, this piece around, and I, man, do I resonate with that? I don't think we've actually even talked about this before. So this is really cool, but almost this shadow of, of, of being weak or that like dealing with your problems or, uh, breaking apart or falling and crumbling like that's weak mm-hmm. and I oh man was like I just I bite I bite my tongue a little bit because there were times in the past where maybe not my proudest moments where I, there was just this energy that came across of like ugh, you know but it also makes me think about how you didn't Like, I wonder if you didn't really have the opportunity to be vulnerable or to soften because there were so many pieces that you really did have to keep kind of moving through. Oh, a thousand percent. I mean, you and I did a somatic experience once about like a very like visceral experience for me with my mom where, you know, like most kids having children myself, you tell them news they don't want to hear. They have a tantrum, right? And Typically, we're not happy about the tantrum, but like we allow it, whatever. I remember this one experience where my mom told me she was going on a trip and I just like kind of walked away silently, which like I imagine if I told my kids, hey, I'm going away for a week. And then they were like, okay. And they just kind of I would be like, wow, they took that really well. <laughs> well, I like I sat in a corner and kind of pouted. I think there were a few tears, like quietly though, like quiet, quiet suffering And I just remember like my mom coming over, grabbing me, ripping down my pants and like beating me for that. Like, and so like in that moment, as well as probably like multiple other experiences before that, which I can't even recollect, that showed me like, we don't show emotion. We don't show weakness. We get up, move on no matter like what, you know, and obviously compounded throughout like adult experiences as well. But I think I carried like that subconscious belief, like, being sad, being upset about something is not okay. Yeah. We can't be damaged. We have to just maintain composure and like continue on. And so, you know, I think it stems from that experience, but obviously I then compounded it myself. I never even sat in most of the things I just listed off for you until of course this rock bottom. And then it all really came to the surface. Until it was safe enough for your inner world to open up in a sense. Yeah, I don't think I had a choice really, to be honest. It was the first time I feel like all those things before this breakdown in my marriage, they were all mini rock bottoms, right? But because I had this compounding wound of like not showing weakness, I never allowed it to really shake me or break me open so that I could go on this healing path. And, you know, in this instant, it was the first time I just didn't have a plan. I had no, like I was frozen. 
Like I, I, I will always remember feeling like, okay, come on, like, where are the ideas? Where is the strategy? How are we moving forward? How are we rebuilding here? And I had nothing. Like I walked around for probably a week like a zombie. Like I couldn't work. I could barely like talk to the kids. My life was completely, it felt like decimated. Mm-hmm. Would you say that that, and, and I do want to get into like that betrayal piece, but you know, this is where I find it so interesting with rock bottoms. Do you feel like it was because your body and your soul, they were kind of like, and we just have to, like you, you say you had no plan, no strategy and all of that. Would you say it was because you were just so exhausted from fighting your whole life and like from being in mm-hmm. that mode? Or would you say maybe on a deeper level, your soul, your soul was like, nope, this is the point in the journey where this is what we do, or maybe both. I think a little bit of both for sure. Yeah, I think it's almost like, again, repressing all the things I'd experienced prior to that. It was like it cracked this foundation of who I was, but I just kept building on top of it. And then when you're like surrounded by rubble, like there was was no option to rebuild. I had no facade I could put on. It fully broke not only my marriage, but me and everything I had built in my life. There wasn't one thing I looked at or touched after that that didn't feel tainted in some way. Mm -hmm. And so it was, I think, also like through that chaos and and really helplessness I felt like then emerged finally for like the first time this voice that I could no longer just shut up Mm. that was like hey hi intuition (laughs) okay so we're now you know in this we've gone back to this place where you've now experienced this betrayal firsthand you're you're kind of realizing all of this has happened what was that like Hmm. for you I think this was like the hardest part in reflecting on this because it's it's just like one of those implicit memories that I don't think will ever uh, be reduced like in any way and like in terms of like how it feels to remember it it was you know in a nutshell it was the worst pain I'd ever experienced in my life At first, I was in complete disbelief, you know, as I sat there, like reading messages between my husband and and friend, I just remember trying to find logic in what was happening. Like I was trying to bend and sway and mold the story so that it it created a different outcome than, than what I already kind of knew was the outcome. Mm-hmm. Like I, I I did not want to accept that this is what had happened to me, that my husband was capable of this, that this friend of mine that I considered a best friend could do this. I was trying every angle and out like an hour went by of me just like adrenaline coursing through my veins, my heart like palpitating out of my chest. Like I remember even like rocking, like, you know, you see in those like movies when someone's having a psychotic break, like it's a full body experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I wonder if that was like your body trying to regulate a little bit of everything. Yeah. Like there's no drug on the planet that could make you feel like that. It was like, you could feel every ounce of everything moving in your body, like your breath, I've never been so connected to my body than in that moment. And, you know, going back to like what that felt like, it literally was the worst pain I could have ever experienced. 
just your understanding about your relationships completely shattered your Mm -hmm. perception of like the people who have hurt you completely turned upside down and I think like the most unearthing part is I just remember sitting there and thinking like who am I Mm -hmm. my self-worth was completely decimated my trust in people my confidence every preconceived belief or notion I had about marriage and love and the veil of protection that that provided you gone you know and it really brought me back to this moment and you and I chatted a bit about this over the last week when I was prepping for this that um, one of my last conversations with my mom before I had estranged from her she one of the last things she said to me was I just want you to know you were, you were a mistake, meaning like I wasn't a planned pregnancy and your dad didn't want to keep you. He didn't want you. And the only reason you're here is because I did. And this story is important because my dad was always this person like that created safety for me. And I felt unconditionally loved by him. And, you know, although she said that in like, you know, to be mean, and I know that's not true, it created this split second, this feeling for me where I felt like maybe he didn't want me. Mm. Maybe I'm not worthy. Like maybe he never chose me. And I just remember, I think it like planted itself in my brain because when I experienced this in that evening where I read these messages, I just remember it being a familiar feeling because it was the truth in that moment with Tori the, one of the reasons, you know, that I married him and I'm sure we'll get into later was because like above all else, he fed the wound for me that he provided me protection, security, and safety mm-hmm. because he was head over heels with me, absolutely adored me. I just felt so safe. I could trust him very similar. He emulated that same security and safety that I have with my dad, right? We say like we marry people like our parents and above all the other things, all the great qualities, those were the ones that spoke to me, lured me to him. And I thought, you know, above all else, whatever happens in our marriage, parenthood, careers, there is just no way He could ever inflict pain on me. And so in that moment of finally logically realizing I can't twist the story, this is my reality, my body fully reacting to like what was happening. I just remember being like in such shock and disbelief that this person I compared to the other safest man in my life could hurt me in that way. Like pain is tolerable but pain inflicted by the people that you love and trust the most almost is like unbearable. Mm. It's not the actual pain. It's like that they were able to do that to you, right? It's like being pushed out of a plane and looking back and it being like the people you love the most. Within that is also all of the questioning and the doubts of yourself and of that relationship and that container that you have with that person of like, what is real? What is true? There's a thought leader. His name is Jordan Peterson. He's a psychologist as well, but he describes betrayal, like going into a time warp. One minute, your past is your past. Your present is your present. Your future is your future. 
you know everything, you're certain about it all, right? We all picture like what our lives will be like. We know right now what they're like and we know what the experiences was that that we've had. And when you find out about betrayal in literally a split second, all three of those timelines of your life are just completely annihilated. You have no idea what your past experience is. You have no idea what your current state of affairs is. Who are these people? Who are you? And your dreams or thoughts or expected memories of your future are just gone. And so it really leaves you in this identity in life crisis because you don't know what's true and what's not and what's real and what's still going to happen and and what won't. It's very, uh, like, it's very unsettling. Yeah. Well, and paired with not just your husband, but your best friend. So there's like two, I would guess, of the most solid relationships that were in your life at that time. Yeah. Who do you go to after that? Right. You know, once I was fully registered, like with the pain, like knowing that Tori was capable of that, like came like the double betrayal piece, which was Mm -hmm. this woman who, yeah, I regarded as my best friend was probably more vulnerable with than any other person, maybe even my husband. Mm -hmm. Like a not knowing like what that relationship even meant. There's something too to be said, okay, your husband has an affair on you. You're like, maybe you leave him or you're like, you're a piece of whatever. But when two people are both able to override their loyalty to you, the respect to you, like just being a human being, but a friend, a wife, a mother, you can't help but think for a minute, oh my God, am I this unwanted Mm. that two people weren't able to muster up the courage to say like this is wrong we can't do this right it's one thing if like your husband has an affair your wife has an affair with like some random person that has no loyalty or attachment to you but when two people in your life like two pillars of your life are able to do that that was at least the place I was in then like in that moment of thinking like wow I felt like a piece of dirt like discarded Yeah. And I think it might be valuable. I I do want to go and ask something separate, Mm -hmm. but maybe at some point we can come back to this because I think that yes, as, as much as it's just as important for people to hear how you healed through this with Tori, like you have been able to adopt quite a bit of forgiveness on your journey for Tori and your friend. And so I think you know, for anyone who has experienced betrayal, whether it's a partner, a family member, a friend, that might be helpful for them to hear as well. So I would love to come back to that. But first, I want to know, like, how does it get to this? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you you obviously you talk about this really safe container that you felt with him, that he sort of put you on this beautiful, I don't know, if pedestal, but like, he just really revered you. And it just sounds like you guys had a really, really beautiful connection. And so how does it get to this? Yeah. You know, it took me a long time to figure that out because I think curiosity of human beings, we want to know why something happened. So you best believe that I've dissected this (laughs) like outcome more than anyone. I didn't just like lose Tori overnight. 
it was like this like slow decay and, and I shouldn't even call it decay. It was just like when you take two broken people. And again, this is really like why part of my mission is really about people healing their past because you, you think you leave it there, but it, it comes with you. Two broken people cannot make something whole. They just can't. And over time, with more and more stress, you know, enter parenthood. If you want something to crack you open and your marriage mm-hmm. open, nothing will more than that. Mm-hmm. You begin to just like, you see the gaps and the gaps begin and they form. And yeah. And so like for Tori and I, you know, he was always just like this, this boy, like in front of me, like begging for me to love him and wanting to love me. And so, you know, on the surface, I did that. But I think I had so much wounding inside me that I could never fully let him in. And I could never fully accept and love him for who he was. Meaning like in a lot of ways, like he was a checkbox for me. Right. And we we both played our roles. I was a caregiver. I was very good at that based on my relationship with my mom. And he provided this like safety and security. He had this like great career and all these other things. And he was fun and kind. And a lot of the things, not that I'm not kind, but Mm -hmm. I'm more serious, like all Mm -hmm. the things I wasn't. And we made this great yin and yang thing. But I think, you know, when he lost his first career, I remember there was like this moment where like I lost respect for him. And I felt like my safety and security in that relationship really diminish. And so in a way, like he stopped fulfilling my wound Mm. in that moment. And time went on. We had a few kids, had a few more stresses. And then I began to not be able to like caretake for him and provide him as much attention and love as maybe I had for the past seven years. And when I started doing that, because obviously I'm prioritizing like babies, career, things like that, I began unfulfilling his wound, Mm. which was really about, you know, he felt quite like abandoned as a child, um, that he didn't get that love and connection he really needed, and he never was taught how to give it to himself. And so when you have a wound like that, you seek it externally through other people or other means. And I fulfilled that for him for a long time. And then when I no longer could, I think we know how the story ends, right? Like hurt people, Mm. hurt people. And I think, you know, any toxic behavior, whether it's like an addiction, gambling, drugs, work, social media, for heaven's sakes, like it's all a mechanism to like fill this void or to avoid the pain that we've repressed. And so I think my inability to fulfill Tori's pain from his own childhood was really just a breaking point for him. Yeah. You know, and then you create the perfect storm with a friend who's close and also has her own wounds. And, you know, I can say this now from more of a detached place, because again, like in reading everything and in the original moments of finding this out, I was like, I can't believe they could do this. Like, and me feeling like it was me. And as I began to navigate that, I realized like, I actually had really little to do with it. And it was so much about their own wounds and finding a way to numb that and fill that with each other. It's just unfortunate that you begin to see yourself as collateral damage. Man, like that, that is crazy for me listening just to hear 
where you can be at with all of this. And I know because you and I talk, but just not only to see all of the healing that you've moved through and sort of this piece that you've come to with all of it, but just for anyone listening, like, wow, if, if I was dealing with betrayal or I had experienced this and I could hear what you just said, I mean, if I was ready to hear what you just <laughs> said, that would be incredibly healing for me. I hope it is for people. It, it makes me think a lot about like just the power of why healing our own stuff is so important because we, we, we get this ability in us to be able to not necessarily like not forget what people do, but see them through a lens of, oh yeah, you're human. Yes. And here's why you did it. Yeah. There's a greater, there's a greater capacity for holding all of that and understanding this human condition that we all have, you know, this pain. And I don't think it necessarily invokes that you need to forgive the person Mm. or stay with them. Like I get a lot of criticism about that on social media. Like, Oh, once a cheater, always a cheater. Like it's always what people, their actions, it doesn't matter why all that, like a thousand percent. I am not excusing anybody. I am not invalidating anyone who has been cheated on. All I'm saying is that, again, our baggage has weight. And for me to, again, I was still at the place where like, I didn't know what I was doing with my marriage, but I had to understand how this happened because I needed to almost let myself off the hook for how it happened. Mm. As much as I played into maybe like the you know, part of our marriage not being in the level or the state it was at one point. It also was built on like old wounds, roles that I don't think either of us really wanted to be playing. Mm -hmm. But I had to understand how it happened because it provided me empathy for them. Does it mean I had to choose to have them in my life? Absolutely not. But I think now, like when you go around in your life and you see people who are doing things, you can understand like they are human And this is exactly like why I'm so passionate about it. The home you grew up in comes to the home you're in now. The shit you dealt with then comes with you now. And it, I think a lot of people think, again, using child abuse as an example, oh, if I was abused as a child, if I don't abuse my kids, I've healed. No, like Mm. your damage and your wounds show up in different ways. Oh, yeah. Right? Like it's not like a, a, a direct mirror. And I think a lot of people think that as long as I don't act like my mom or my dad or or I don't let whatever trauma, like, let's just say you got in a car accident, I can still drive a car, I'm healed. No, it doesn't, trauma doesn't show up identically, right? Yeah. yeah. So I just think that's like why it's so important because you can see like, again, knowing these two individuals, what their wounds were, how this, like, it was just the perfect storm. So a couple pieces there that I want to, touch on this, this, this part of forgiveness. Hmm. And, and, you know, though I haven't experienced betrayal, I have experienced my own trauma, which we've talked about in past episodes. And this is where I understand the power of forgiveness more than anything else, because when we try, when we try, cause it's not always going to be 
easy or ever complete. But we, when we try to forgive the people that hurt us, it's actually not about them. Mm-hmm. It's for us. Thousand percent. Because you let you you get to let go of that baggage you're carrying, that that energy that is hurting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you don't want to know like the amount of pushback I've received about you know close friends when I would like recount like what happened. Like, wow, you must be pissed mad like I would have yelled at her or done this or threw his stuff on the lawn and like I don't know it was just never a thought that came to me I if anything I felt bad for both of them that they were at this place in their lives where like I don't think they ever intentionally set out to hurt anybody Mm -hmm. right it's like that their pain was so bad that this was the only option to possibly destroy both of their families to like, keep going. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think, yeah, forgiveness is one. It's a thousand percent about yourself. You don't even need to have the other person involved. You don't need to say, I I forgive you. And now you can go about your life. It's about you almost like dropping the expectation of who you thought they were going to be. Yeah. And it's like acceptance. Forgiveness is really just acceptance. I think. Yeah. And, you know, and then after forgiveness comes the healing of all the damage that's done. Yeah. Because, like, I forgave my mom a long time ago. Like, I was able to detach from that relationship and just wish her well and 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 all of that. But I just never went back and dealt with the damage. So just because you forgive doesn't mean there isn't a burden bestowed onto you that now you need to navigate through. And I think sometimes people forget that part. Yeah. Well, and I'm, I'm glad you touched on that because one thing that you know, when I, and you and I talked about this, when we look at this dynamic that occurred, you know, very much your dad and his, and, and who he had always been in your life and, and what he represented Tori showing up as that. Mm -hmm. But then we also see the relationship with your mom. And there are a lot of similarities in terms of what occurred with you in that relationship with your friend. Yeah. And so, and so this is where I say for anyone listening, like, this is why it's so important for us to look at our stuff because it's going to show up in Mm -hmm. some way again. And that's fine. That's the way it's going to go. Right. If you don't want to, but yeah, forgiveness is just one part of it. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Through having to really like excavate what happened here, it provided me again, that, that empathy and understanding, which actually also sort of elevated my forgiveness with my own mom. Because mm. I used to look at that and be like, I was still angry about it. Yeah. There's moments I am, but I also now see like, you know what parents, just like the friend I had, and just like every other human being have their own experience Mm -hmm. and their own wounds. And when I look back at my childhood, I can see like I was raised by a mom who was emotionally immature. She was Mm -hmm. never taught how to love. She was raised in an abusive family. I'm assuming it has to be. I remember my grandma and she was not cute and like knitting stuff. She was mean and cold. Right. Mm. And so like, it gives me that empathy because I can see now because like, I really wanted to have forgiveness. I wanted to, I don't know, like, you know, there was just also lots of memories with that friend and that past, present, future thing. Like 
I felt really robbed of all of that because like, I truly did love her as a human being. And we spent so much time together and like, in a way as bad as it hurt, like I want to be able to remember that relationship for like those pieces, which might sound to people like so odd. Like I've received so much pushback on that. Like, what do you mean? You should hate them. And I don't know. I just feel like I'm trying to teach something else because hate just really like indemnifies yourself. Yeah. Right. Resentment, all like anger that just weighs you down. Yeah. Yeah. But, but trying to remember it from a place of love or choosing to do the work to be able to remember it from a place of love for the most part is actually the hard part. And people often want to do the easy piece, which is hate. It's so much easier to just discard something. Yes. And not, and like, Oh, I hate that. And that's just where my energy is going to go with that versus, Oh, I'm going to actually pull that closer to me and open it up. And like, there's work involved in that. And sometimes we, yeah. (laughs) Exhausted. Right. (laughs) So, so in saying that, how did you heal through this? Mm-hmm. You know, you, you made the choice, you and Tori made the choice to stay together. Yeah. And so how, what did that look like? Well, I think I'll caveat this with saying, you know, like when you have like ultimatums with people, like from the onset of my marriage with Tori, I said, I can forgive almost anything given like what I've experienced in my life up to the point of meeting him. I said, but I will never forgive you if you cheat on me. And like, trust me when I say like, that was a common theme I revisited like on an annual basis. So I find it quite funny now <laughs> that like, of course, that's the one thing he did do. Yeah. A lesson for myself, obviously, like careful what you don't wish for, never wish for, I guess. <laughs> As a side note there, you actually just made me realize I used to say all the time, I will never get divorced because <laughs> I remember the pain of my parents' divorce. And I was like, that will never be me. Yeah. that So cue to anyone. Yeah. yeah pretty much what you're what you feel most passionate about is probably because like your soul like knows it's coming and so yeah, yeah you're what trying you're to pro- divert you're projecting yeah, yeah exactly careful what you're manifesting oh man you know and I just like I'll get back to kind of like the details of how that healing unfolded because I think it's really important it's probably the question I get asked the most um on social media from people that are dealing with this because let me first start by saying there is way more support to leave a marriage mm. after infidelity than there is to stay. Oh yeah. Like the amount of people who looked at me and were like, you're staying. How could you? Ew. Like, you know, and trust me when I say it would have been much easier to leave. Well, that's the thing. And there's, I've, there's I've that- done it before. Like, it's not like I'm new to divorce. Like I, that could have been a quick executed plan. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, when I, when I confronted Tori about him, I think like, this is a moment that will always like stick in my mind. I just, I remember waking him up and asking him how long he'd been having an affair for. And just like this look in his eyes is something I'll never forget. Pure remorse, but also relief. Mm. It's like I gave him like this opportunity to like come out of all the pain he was in. I don't want to get into too much of the details, but just make the podcast too long. But like, I could sense like throughout like the two years leading up to the day I found out, like there was something going on. Like the wedge between us was growing. He was angrier. I could see it in my friend. I could sense something was wrong. I just never connected that their pains were 
related, I guess. Mm. And so, you know, I, in that moment and days following, I made a decision that I was going to try because Tori had done so many things right. And I didn't want to just leave because of like the one thing he did wrong. Mm. You know, and in saying that, I still didn't know like how that was going to happen. I hadn't even really put my head around like, how do I navigate this? Like, I can barely look at him, never mind touch him. There was so much pain there. And unlike my experience in the past, where I just picked up and like rebuilt my life back to what it was, again, like this, these pieces of rubble around me. I just took the time to focus on myself. I was literally, I remember saying to him, I don't know what's going to happen with us. And don't you dare ask me. Right now, all I need is for you to like keep this family afloat and I'm going to go like inward. And it was like a dark, dark time for me. And it's it's funny because like just the way the universe works, right? Mm -hmm. I remember a week, maybe two weeks before this had all happened, I read this Adele article. I don't ever read like forums or articles. And I read this article about how she transformed her life. Like she was super skinny all of a sudden, like looking really healthy, actually. I shouldn't say skinny. And she talks about like reading Untamed by Glennon Doyle and like what an impact this book made on her life. Well, I Amazon Prime that to like my house like that next day. And I remember reading that book. And because I read that book, there was a lot about Glennon Doyle, like rebuilding her life and like getting rid of the false narrative well, and, and and infidelity for anyone who doesn't oh, know yeah. Glennon Doyle's experience that's, true. that's that true. was a big catalyst for her awakening that's crazy I kind of forgot about that part of her story <laughs> <laughs> but yes I remember probably reading that and then again probably thinking well that part doesn't really resonate for me <laughs> and then she met a woman and their connection changed her life <laughs> But it's funny because after that, I signed up for one of your workshops, Mm. which, you know, began kind of this, like, who am I? What's intuition? Mm. And like things I'd been closed off for forever. And again, like, I still have no idea my life is about to be shattered here. And then I even booked with a girlfriend of ours, a group coaching session with you. And it was two or three weeks from then. Yeah. And then nights later, find out about the affair. And I just remember like the universe set that up perfectly. Like, I was already open to this new way of looking at my life. And then I remember calling you and our friend and being like, I actually just need this coaching session for myself. Like something awful has happened. And like, I have no idea what to do. Yeah. I don't know. It makes me emotional because I literally like, I don't know what I would have done without you. I'm just very grateful because I I don't know what my life would have looked like when I say like it was the worst pain I'd ever felt in my life. I really mean it. Yes, I have myself to thank for the hard work and like making those tough choices. Honestly, like you really like exposed me to that and you were like this mentor through that like really, really dark place in my life. And You know, I think if I would have only had my other supports, other good girlfriends who meant the world to me and still do, and, you know, had the best of intentions, it was, you should leave and just carry on with your life. And so I just felt like I was really at this fork in the road. It was like, 
rebuild what I already had, which obviously hasn't worked in the past, completely like really transform who I am. And as I began doing that, I really did go on like my own self-discovery too. Like our coaching didn't even last that long, but I know when a thousand percent it was meant to happen when it did and how it did. Yeah. As I healed myself, it just began to naturally heal my my marriage. And it was never really a discussion with Tori, but as he saw me doing the work, he began to do his own work, um, hiring a life coach, starting like mindfulness practices, digging into his own wounds. And like, as we began to excavate those wounds and those pieces, we just naturally came back together. But we didn't come back as the same people and we didn't recreate the same marriage either. No. And I think this is such a valid point because God, I remember that conversation between you and I, I remember it was sitting in the room downstairs and we were doing, I think it might've even been a, a record session. It was a session. And I remember us grappling with this piece of like, you were like, okay, it was kind of before you had made that decision to like really focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. And you're like, like, you know, I don't know what to do. Like he's, how do I just let go and like trust that he's gonna. And, and I remembered us just sitting there and you're like, but I have to, I have to let go of trying to control his journey and I have to focus on me. Mm -hmm. And I really do feel like that was a turning point for you a thousand percent and I think this is really valuable for anybody who's listening who is trying to rebuild their relationship from betrayal because if you go if you go into your relationship again after the betrayal and say well you did this and you need to change this and well like no you have to do that too because whatever that relationship was before that betrayal occurred, it's not going to be the same after. And if you're trying to recreate what it was, you're going to end up in the same place you always yes. were. Mm-hmm. When you're in the rock bottom, you can't see it as a positive opportunity, but it really, it really is. People ask me all the time, like, how can you trust him? How do you know the truth? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I have no certainty that my husband may never cheat on me again. I have no certainty that a friend may never betray me again. However, I have now reconnected with who I am. Mm. I have stepped into who I am. I've created practices like boundaries, begun shedding some of that wounding, those coping mechanisms, protective mechanisms that I've carried with me my entire life. So I know Actually, no matter what happens, I have the tools within me to be okay. I actually, I love my life now because I don't need anyone. And I don't mean that in some like ultra independence way. Like I want people, like if you're in my life, it's because I want you in my life. Yes, You're not feeding a wound for me. You're not, I want you there. Yeah. Right. And so it's just a different way of going through life now. It's like, even within marriage, it's not a prison. Every day you are choosing that. Exactly. Yeah. We'll get to that in a minute too. Like what that's like, but yeah, exactly. It's just, it's different. You don't have guarantees. And I think that's with any marriage or relationship that's broken, no matter what it is, there is no guarantee. And if you can't be okay with that, there's a reason because that person is probably filling something for you that you're not giving yourself. Yes. And, and 
what this really points to is trust in yourself. Because yes. exactly, we don't know that, like, we don't know what's going to happen. Anybody could cheat on anybody. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's actually even the external circumstance that is the important piece. It's actually how you handle these pieces in your life yeah. and how you're supporting yourself through all of it. I used to get that all the time. Like, how did you know that you and Brad weren't supposed to be together mm-hmm. anymore? You don't. I I did. I was never 100% sure. Mm-hmm. But at some point I had to trust myself that no matter what happened, making that decision was the right thing for me. Just like you have to trust yourself that staying with Tori and doing what you guys are doing is the right decision for you on your journey. Yes. And I think it's hard for people to swallow that pill, right? Because so often, especially with an intimate relationship, we want to walk into an office of it. It's them. It's them. Give them the coaching, make them make the changes. But honestly, again, I'm not saying... I am the reason that he cheated. That's not what I'm saying. But as I began to heal myself, I think whoever you're with, whether, and also with that's a friendship, like they're either going to rise up to meet you or it's going to become very clear that they're going to fall away from your life. Right. Yes. And I would say that that was one big thing you always said to me when we would have conversations was his response to this. Mm -hmm. What, what have his actions been since? And that is the most important part is that he is rising up in your marriage together, not even to meet you, but for himself. Yeah. And, and I tell people all the time, like if you're, they're like, well, I am putting in the work. I'm making the changes again, whether that's just a bad relationship or, or one that's had betrayal. Okay. Well, if your partner is not responding, mm. that is action. That is inaction mm-hmm. yes. and that speaks volumes. Yes. And so I am not saying, oh yeah, you just like change yourself and you just stick in it. No, it's a two, it, it's a two way thing. Yeah. Reciprocal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if you're making changes and they are not goodbye. No, people make mistakes all the time. I've made mistakes in my life. I would not want to be put on trial for them. Yeah. However, if someone puts in the work to change, not just say, I will never do X, Y, Z to you again actually proves it through their work on themselves because that's ultimately where the behavior came from in the first place. That's how I gain confidence in knowing I made the right decision. Yes. Okay. So, so that sounds to me like a pretty clear piece that you learned through this, or maybe it reminded you of that. Maybe you always felt that way before this and it was a a -hmm. clear connection again for you, but what else have you learned and discovered through all of this, through your rock bottom, through your journey, through your healing? Mm -hmm. That's a big question. (laughs) So many things. Oh my goodness. Um, Let's start with like relationships, marriage, partnership, whatever, whatever you're in. You know, we love Mark Groves, Mm. Mark God Groves. And I just love his statement about like marriage relationship is not a prison. And if you feel like you're in one, that's your first red flag. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think Tori and I went years where we just played these roles because that's what we were taught. And we never had the really, really deep conversations. We had arguments, disagreements, but like I didn't fight hard enough for like the life I wanted. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I think life's too short. 
if you're in a relationship and you like know things could be better and like you're willing to put in the effort, you have to put that on the line Mm -hmm. because people can change and usually like they just need some motivation to do so. That can happen actually before you get to a rock bottom. And so it would be like whatever relationship you're in, look at yourself. Hopefully they look at themselves as well and begin just showing up. I've done so much research now on like marriage and like, you know, we all get to like the seven year itch and it begins to fall apart. And it's like, it doesn't actually have to. Yeah. If both people are willing to put in the work. And so like really look at that. At one point that was the person like you chose and your best friend. And again, if they're not willing, goodbye. Mm -hmm. However, if they are, you can transform what you have into something that's amazing. And I think the second piece is really just around like mental health. And I guess I don't really like that term. It feels like it's very stigmatized, you know, Mm -hmm. like you're weak or you're damaged in some way. Mental health is so much more than people, you know, with like some diagnosis or like crippling depression. People like that knew me, it didn't seem like I was having any issues, but I was like, I was dying on the inside. And so I would say you have to find a way. There's so many different avenues, meditation, therapies, different types, whatever it is to like reconnect to who you are and begin like an excavation of your past. Get get curious. Look Mm -hmm. at what what has happened to you, no matter how insignificant you think it has been. Because if things aren't going well in your life or you're feeling like unfulfilled or you don't know like what your purpose is or whatever, you have anxiety, there is a reason for that. And we have Mm. to get at the root of it. I wish that I had done it sooner. I wish someone would have made a podcast like this and told me to like read Untamed and like get on my journey. This lesson I just want to pass on to all my friends, all the listeners, all the people I could ever reach is don't underestimate the weight of that baggage because you've been carrying it for a while and sometimes you almost forget it's even there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, it's so funny how sometimes we have such polarized experiences, but similar journeys, but this is one that I, that we really seem to have in connection is is like we were just sort of that tough mentality of like we're fine we're good perfectionism (laughs) control and yeah it took my rock bottom as well to realize like holy there is a lot under this surface right you know and I've really come to realize that mental illness hate that term illness Mm -hmm. but that so many of these labels are actually just indicators of the integration that needs to happen within us. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is amazing. I feel like we've been able to hear so much about your journey, your healing, the rock bottom betrayal, like the importance of understanding who you are, what's going on on a deeper level and this baggage that can aid in so much of the patterns and our relationship dynamics. But I know our listeners are going to want to know where are you and Tori at now? Something like that, I think, is going to have tremors for a long time. I want to make sure that listeners who have experienced it aren't like, your life sounds just untouched by it now. And like, you know, how can I get there? That's not, that's not the whole picture. Like, I still have days where I have really intrusive thoughts about it. You know, again, typically affairs, you don't know the other person. So you can't like envision things. Well, I know know the two people 
Mm-hmm. And so like you can really get some like good graphics going on, right? And even just knowing like them and their person, it's just, it makes it so visceral. That's still something I'm working somatically. Um, but Tori and I are in a really good place. I mean, you know, when I say this broke me open, but also our marriage, it really did. And and we are on this path. It's like we just met and mm-hmm. we're rediscovering like these real people while also still healing those people. Mm-hmm. And so we're still changing and evolving. Like it feels like on a daily basis, layer on learning how, learning how to be more conscious parents mm-hmm. and not inflict the same wounds that's a whole training arena. Like it feels like we're gloving up every time, like the kids are having a spat or, you know, a breakdown and we're learning how to co-parent together in this new way. We're learning how to have this conscious relationship, conscious relationships, like an arena for growth all day, every day. Is it super rewarding? Absolutely. Because you've never felt like so connected with someone you can you can be like literally your most real self like all the things you've ever wanted to say to your spouse like you can just say them obviously in a respectful polite way however know that that is also now reciprocated onto you so it is a mirror for constant growth and change and it is not for the faint of heart every day I'm (laughs) voice noting you or I know like oh my god now I've realized this or this that's what relationship is meant for it's meant to grow you and expand you. And yeah, so that's like where we are. Like we are prioritizing our marriage, prioritizing dating, you know, all of that stuff while also learning how to be like good human beings, have boundaries with other people. You know, it's, it's crazy. It's a wild, wild ride, but I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade it for our previous marriage. I find like this is like a new marriage for us. Yeah. TNT 2.0. That's right. You'll be invited to the wedding. Yeah, there's no, there's no, you guys should renew your vows. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I'm but, thinking about it. But, oh, okay. <laughs> but nope, I hear, I, I love how you're like, yeah, it's like we're doing the conscious parenting about like all these different pieces, but no pressure. Like, <laughs> no, you know, but well, I do honestly, that. like once you start the journey, as you know, and I think we've alluded to our listeners in the past, it, you just can't unsee the stuff. You can't. No, no. Like you'll voice note me and you'll be like, just you wait, girl. Yeah, just you wait, girl. <laughs> like, just have <laughs> have fun in that conscious relationship when you get into it. Yeah. Yeah. So you'll be the person that I'm voice noting. <laughs> oh, well, this has been amazing. Is there anything else that you feel like listeners need to hear or would be important for them to know on their journeys forward in whatever place they're at? Heal your stuff. Mm. change your life that's amen (laughs) amen girlfriend yes so important well we thank you guys for listening this has been a beautiful beautiful episode I think this might be my favorite one to date um I just love you so much love you too Mm. girl so many tears I know good (laughs) tears so good tears it's good yeah um but we thank you guys for listening and if you want to contact Tess if you're looking for more support or just wanting to ask her more about her journey and if you're experiencing similar things, you can reach her at Her Unearthed. And if you want to connect with me, Christina, you can reach me on my TikTok and Instagram at Christina.soulempowered. We thank you guys for listening. We hope you have a great day. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.